This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with steel-clad resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer and protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform for Valor Radio. Here are your hosts, Colonel Paul Simonelli and Captain Steve Mamano. And once again, we gather under the big tent of Valor Radio, Colonel and uh, Captain, and our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and guardians, along with uh, their civilian uh, colleagues. Uh, welcome to the program. Uh, let's switch to our uh, our uh, uh, tropical studios down in FLA with the Colonel. Thanks. How's everybody doing today? Fine. Hunky-dory. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful down here. Uh-huh. Uh, this is the time of year uh, why people come to Florida or live in Florida. It's absolutely gorgeous. So, Talk to somebody who was just down in Disney like last week, and I, I don't know, I guess it was like in the 50s or something. But that's central Florida, right? Different. Yeah, and they have said... It was the coldest uh, January for many years. It was atypical. and uh, But, boy, I'll tell you, the last few days have just been absolutely gorgeous. So Atypical uh, up here, too. Lack of snow. We're 33 inches down, Colonel. From where- right, and I heard the oh, average holy. temperature is like 34, and which is way above the average for this time of year, and that's great. It's probably about 40 now out there. Yeah, yeah I would say high 30s. Yeah, well... Uh, don't get sunburned, Steve. No, I won't. <laughs> I know you have sensitive skin. <laughs> I do. <laughs> All right. Got you guys lots are to just talk n- about. Just lots nutty. to talk about. First of all, I want to hit on something because I just found it was pretty amazing. First of all, the reaction in the U.S., but um, I, I listened to, actually twice, I listened to uh, Tucker Carlson's uh, two-plus-hour interview of, uh, of Putin. And I know some people that listen to it probably found it uh, painful, but anybody who has dealt with folks in Eastern Europe understand that they take a very different perspective than we do. Why would you think they would think it was painful? Well, because he went through this whole that 30-minute yeah, historical. The, the, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see it, but I heard about it. He gave a, an overview. It was like thirty minutes long. Yeah, right. He went back to eight twenty-five A.D. and mm-hmm. um, justifying the existence of Russia. Well, I and, guess I tell you, as an intel guy, that would be fascinating to see the the the, the leader of the evil empire going into his perspective. Maybe like Adolf Hitler talking about Mein Kampf in an interview. You know. So. So. And this is what. People don't understand. So there's a couple of things I want to say. First of all, there was nothing really surprising to me in there other than, and when he said it, it made sense when I thought about it, um, and I'll get to that in a second. But the, the other thing that just was absolutely lunacy, if you just Google Tucker Carlson's Putin interview, every mainstream media blasts it like it was horrible and he didn't do his job and he was a pushover and everything else. I I didn't find that. You know, 
I, I understand that these people who call themselves journalists today think that they have to be crude and disrespectful to get answers. And they can't talk to someone and in a, you know, in a normal tone, yeah. in a civil tone. And because he didn't scream and holler and pound his feet and beat his chest. Well, um, Tucker Carlson's a serious journalist. He's not, he he's no, he you know, no doubt. Piker. So I just want to make that point. I didn't think that he was a pushover uh-huh. by any stretch. So that's on the commentary on it, which I don't give much value to. What I found interesting, and we have a very difficult time, and Steve, you working in Intel, you understand this. You have to understand your enemy. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand your enemy, it's impossible for you to to deal with them in an effective manner. And there's tremendous insight here into Putin and all the U.S. presidents he's dealt with uh, in his 24, 25 years in power. And the recurring theme is, from his perspective, now I'm not saying it's true or it's not true, but I'm saying from his perspective, so mm-hmm. it's his reality, yeah. is that he's been lied to um, about the expansion east. If you know, He said you go back when he was uh, working in the intel world himself and the uh, Soviet Union came apart. The first George Bush said, we're not pushing east. Um, and, you know, I mean, there was there was commitments made uh, by the secretary of state, secretary of defense on behalf of the president after the wall came down that there was no interest in NATO pushing east. And so that was the start. And every president after that, it was exactly the same thing. At some point in their administration, they said, um, we're not going any farther. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, they did this joke uh, where they or this meme where they had uh, um, Lucy with the football and Charlie <laughs> Brown. But actually, Putin was Charlie Brown. You know, three or four times in the last 40 years, Russia was promised that there was going to be no push east. And we, you know, administration after administration modified, changed, and did other things. Now, I'm not saying he's not evil. I'm not saying no, he's no, bad. Who, who did he uh, point fingers at as the, being the one to break the trust? Each president almost he had something to say about. Um, Bill Clinton... You know, he said he met with Bill Clinton. He goes, I'd like to join NATO. And Bill Clinton said, we can do that. And then came back and said, my people say we can't do that. Wait a minute. Who but, wanted to join NATO? Uh, Russia. No. <laughs> NATO was set up to fight Russia. But that was the whole point uh-huh. about trying to do away with the animosity and uh-huh, focus yeah. on. Oh, yeah. Open, then, open skies and all that happy. You know what? All right. I, yeah, then I he said, um, you know, then we start pushing missile defense right. into Eastern Europe, not to protect from Russia, allegedly, but to protect from Middle Eastern countries, Iran and other countries that are developing a capability. But once again, it goes beyond what was promised, uh-huh. pushing those weapons into Poland, that close to Russia and other okay. things. So, I mean, there's a whole series of things. But, but Steve, what do you, you really think, listen Paul? To it. What, what do you listen to Putin? Do you give him any uh, credence, or do you, do you think he's playing us? He's playing us, but it's his perspective, and you've got to. Is it legitimate? You think? I think there is some no, legitimacy. I, I think there is too. 
I and I, I will tell Putin. you, you know, the time <laughs> I spent in Bosnia and Eastern Europe, huh. uh, I found that it was a very common thing. Yeah. When you were talking to people, that their perspective went back. You know, and I remember talking to Serb generals and them telling us, you know, I, General, why are you violating this rule? You're not supposed to have any armored vehicles here. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he'd start talking about the 15th century and a prince that got stabbed. And, you know. Really? And mm. that's their perspective. Yeah. And sometimes you got to step back, let them speak, listen, mm. and then then have the discussion you want to have. But that I think that's just the mentality of, yeah. of a lot of senior leaders in Eastern Europe. They do look historically much farther than we do. Yeah. Unfortunately, the people running our foreign policy can't see past... No, they can't. The, 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 the wall coming down. No, they down. can't. They can't see past it. And... Or they can't see past World War II. Now you're going to tell me you're going to tell me the starts. people at, at the CIA are not watching that interview with, with I mean on the edge of their seat. They, everybody well, should sure. be watching it and analyzing every nuance and gesture in it. But if there were not, shame on us. No, and I'm sure they were. Yeah, and I'm sure Putin, like he did some stuff, you know that, you know when you want to take control of a room, like he came in and he said his watch down in front of him. So, you know, when you take a meeting and you want to let people know that you're important and that yeah. you have time limits, yeah. that's one of the things you can do is take and put your watch down in front of you. Did, did he talk obnoxious. about that? Did he talked about that himself? No. Okay. All right. No, no, but it's just stuff you observe and the body language Did, did, did anything Tucker said get under his skin? Um, no. Really? Not at all. See, unflappable. How do you like um, that? And You think you could have had that interview with Joe Biden? Without no. him having a tantrum? That's, well, that was going to bring me to the next thing I <laughs> wanted. So anyway, okay. I think it was a good interview. I think people should watch it and take it for what it's worth and go on from there. Um, Amen. Oh, hearing music. All right, when we come back, we'll continue with this with more Valor Radio. On the WYSL stations, now at 27,000 watts. And uh, I want to say hi to new listeners discovering us all over Western New York and the Southern Tier on the WYSL stations. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage, MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers, not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of United Frontier Mutual Insurance, 190 Davison Road, Lockport, New York. Hi, I'm Alan Ginsberg of the A.M. Ginsberg Advisory Group, LLC. 
I know a lot of you have heard enough of my ad regarding business continuation. We started this campaign in September 2020, and I want you to know the response has just been tremendous. The best part is that we're seeing the results of our efforts. Business owners who have been procrastinating on how to make sure their business continues on a successful path are starting to make the changes that are needed. Whether it be talking to their children, key employees, or favorite competitors, they are starting to get things done, making sure that their life's work doesn't just go by the wayside. Give us a call at 585-377-4720. We'll sit down and talk, find out what your business and family goals are. That's 585-377-4720. Thank you. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. AM Ginsburg Advisory Group and the Securities America companies are separate entities. Your stuff deserves a better home. That's why you need to store with confidence at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage in Farmington. Units are safe and secure in a variety of sizes. At Hidden Treasures, there are no locks, no keys, no combinations. Bluetooth locks are controlled by your cell phone. Get 50% off your first month. Convenient to everywhere on Loomis Road in Farmington. Close to the thruway. Get peace of mind when you stow your stuff at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. Valor Radio on the WISL stations is brought to you by A.M. Ginsburg & Associates, the law firm of Christopher Johnson, Taylor Heating & Air, call 500-HELP, Veterans Outreach Center and the Flag Store on South Avenue, MGM Insurance, and the National Warplane Museum. And back we go to the Colonel down in sunny Florida for this edition of Valor Radio. We have the captain in studio with us. Colonel, you go ahead. All right, thanks. So, Steve, you asked a question before the break. Uh, could uh, our president have sat through that interview? And absolutely not. And that brings us to the next point that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I know it's not purely on the military, but again, this guy holds the codes, and he's the commander-in-chief. And it's obvious. And I, first of all, I don't like the way the press plays this whole thing. They say he's elderly, and that's the problem. And I won't say that's a problem. There's, I mean, look at Bernie Sanders. He's still pretty clear-headed. Spry. Still doing his job. Yeah, you might not agree with it. Right. But he's doing his job. Right. We all know people that have worked well into their you know, later years that their mind was in mm-hmm. place. Unfortunately, this guy is just losing his mind. Rapidly. And it's sad. Yeah, rapidly. It's absolutely it, yeah. sad. There wasn't a whole lot of mind there to start with. No. And um, what's left, and, and the fact that he's not able to do simple functions necessary for the office anymore. No, uh, this, no he's not. The special counsel report came out. I don't understand the logic of it. Once again, if you take a look at it, everything's there. All the elements of the crimes are there. Yeah. And um, because he doesn't have the ability now to form the criminal intent, that didn't mean when he before he didn't do it knowingly and well, intentionally it can't, when he gave, did it. Can I give her an easy way out when he said that uh, Biden was, you know, his faculties were diminished because now he's not capable of standing trial. Right. So well, he a, can't stand trial. He can't be president. There you go. A well-meaning elderly yeah. man with poor memory. Really, yeah. 
So and, and, anyway, and Biden is so indignant that they would say that. Oh my gosh, you know, yeah, I, I'm in charge, and I, you know, I'm well, going to finish what I start. Yeah, he's he's so no indignant folks, about it. Uh, a year ago, January. So now that's uh, almost 14 months ago. I said Biden's not going to be on the ballot. It's going to be Gavin Newsom, and uh, I you think, still think that. I still think so. I think uh, I think the people in power are are starting to let mm. uh, the press loose because we're seeing you, stuff in the mainstream media you, about. You know, what had a different perspective was um, last night. I watched Laura Ingram and Paul Manafort, who was uh, Trump's uh, campaign manager uh, in 2016. Uh, was on with her, and he they asked she asked him about that, and he said, "I think Joe Biden is going to run, and here's why. It, he's a, a, a creature of Washington. He's always been one. He's been there for forty something years, and he there's nothing else in the world he's going to do in life. He it's, well, all he cares about is power and stand right. in, in the in the limelight. And and I agree and with the one him. caveat to what I've been saying is that he's not playing ball right now. You can bet." that he's already been talked to and he's told them to pound salt. He's not leaving. Yeah, I believe that. And right now you probably have a heck of a battle going on. The downside is if, you know, Barack Obama and all his people that have been holding up Biden these years (laughs) just walk away. Yeah. How long before something really, really, really bad happens? Not not Um, long. So uh, one way or another, I yeah. still think um, he's not going to be the next president. Well, you so, know, you know, Manafort, or, or I'm sorry, um, I, I can't remember who the, the analyst was. I heard uh, the other day talking about it was they were saying that, you know, the uh, delegates at the convention are bound to the nominee, but not to the nominee's uh, vice president. So their, their thinking was Kamala Harris could be uh, out in the breeze because uh, if they go to the mat for Joe, that doesn't mean they're going to go to the mat for her either. They can replace her. She has she has worse approval numbers than Biden does. Right. Which is hard right. to do. They, they've got themselves in a pickle. I mean, their ace in the hole is Nikki Haley. Um, and, they, you know, they're still going to try to force her onto the ballot and get Trump off because they own her. Yeah. So... It'll be interesting to see what well, happens. You know, she might run under that no labels thing. You know, they they've they've uh, been courting her a little bit, and uh, they probably think that they can pose a, a threat to to Trump uh, as a third party. But I think that it's going to backfire. They're going to end up uh, hurting Joe, old Joe, instead. It'll be interesting. Oh, it's going to be, be truly fascinating. Interesting here. Grab grab so, the popcorn, man. This is going to be fun. Yeah. It's unfortunately the country's going to suffer in the in the process. I it is. It's bad for the country. It is. So unfortunately, so, um, you know, Steve, I sent you an article about uh, fifteen countries with the most reserved military manpower. That was in the fascinating. World. I did not know that. That was a. I, I I took a lot of notes on that on that article. Okay. Well, I want to talk about it quite a bit. Yeah. And we'll do that after the next break. And but, I bet you, bet you, bet you, Bob is going to be surprised. They, right. ra- they ranked the 15 uh, largest reserve forces in the world. Mm-hmm. And it will surprise you who, what number we are and who's number one. Right, right. Pa- right Paul? Right. And I want to, okay. leading up to that, I want to talk about uh, the president's taking a lot of heat 
for providing health care um, to yeah. illegal aliens through the VA. Now, one of those things that article talked about that we have 16 or 18 million, or we got 18 million veterans right now, but that's going to decline by one third by in, in the next 25 years. And they built this giant machine, this giant VA healthcare system, and the number of patients are constantly on the decline. Barring, Until the next war. Right. Barring the next uh, yeah. conflict. Yeah. Unless, unless the VA is the model for national health care. It is. <laughs> a la, I said this last a la year. Britain, yes. Yes, yes I said this last year that this, and that's why they've got to keep it going. And so they're keeping, and they can't, you know, the VA can't say no if they're ordered to treat people from the uh, administration, tell them to do something. The secretary tells them to do something. They're going to do it. But anyway, so this is, um, this is something that we just will keep an eye on. I know they've got some legislation out there, probably won't get legs, to keep mm-hmm. uh, the VA from treating anybody other than those people that qualify with veteran status or their spouses, you know, the normal right. folks that get treated by the VA right now. So, um, but we'll see what happens with that. Did you but, want to talk uh, about the um, about the actual um, tally of who's got what? Because to, to me that was just uh, interesting as hell. No, I, I think I do. I was going to wait till after the break. Oh, okay, okay. But... The we, point we I wanted to make from that article was they were talking about the decline in veterans. Yeah. And so we've got to, once again, the government never likes to shrink. And no. they built this giant uh, machine right. called the VA healthcare system. Bureaucracy. And, yeah. and even though they're going to lose a third of the veterans that they're taking care of over the next 25 years, mm-hmm. um, they've got to find some way to justify their, I mean, that's what government does. That's it. Justifies their existence yeah. so they can keep spending and keep keep the number of people working. Um, Correct. So that's that. That was the point I wanted to make. That uh, we're going to see this with the VA. We're going to see them trying to use the VA for anything they possibly can to justify um, right. keeping it the size it is. And interestingly, another number about the VA that almost half its budget. Uh, goes for VA compensation right now. So mm. that cuts the budget down quite a bit when we talk about it. I know we talk about the crazy number um, of the VA budget, but nonetheless, at least half of it's right off the table right from the beginning because that goes to compensation to uh, po- folks that have served. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But it's just something I think it's going to be interesting to watch how the VA evolves over the next decade or so, um, while keeping with their core mission, hopefully. Well, we all had high hopes under Trump that uh, that the uh, he was going to make a dent in that bureaucracy, but it didn't didn't happen. It just it didn't. It metastasizes. It just... Re- Reagan tried to. Right. Well, Vivek's got the right idea. Um, you know, if if the unions are going to protect, if the civil service is going to protect then you just reduce the workforce. You do an across-the-board work, workforce uh, reduction, 
and there's really nothing they can do about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's proposed yeah. that Trump's proposed that for the D.C. Beltway bandits, but uh, these are people out in the hinterland, so he'd he'd really have to you know push that one hard. Right. I would I would think that they could craft a reduction in force for the sure, VA. They could. That would take a lot of the middle managers and you know the a right. lot of people that are not involved with patient treatment um and or operating those facilities that are and and they could reduce probably the force by 15 or 20%. You bet. Right off the bat. I think most of government you could reduce by 15 to 20% without even without people even noticing it. So yep. and I'm hearing some music when we come back we're going to talk about those numbers that Steve's been discussing, the 15 countries with the most reserved military manpower in the world. We'll be back shortly with more of Valor Radio. If you are just discovering us with a new 27,000-watt signal, welcome to Valor Radio for military families and veterans. And we'll be right back on WYSL. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. Back we go to the Florida studios of the Colonel in FLA. Well, thank you. So, Steve, we were teasing a little bit before the break, talking about uh, some interesting numbers about military and reserves around the world. I would absolutely never have guessed uh, these countries were in this order. Never in a million years. I would have thought China would have been in the top five. But it's not. So tell us. Okay. Oh, it's 15 of them. Uh, where do you think, uh, Bob, where do you think China is in the numbers? Eight. 14. 14. Wow, they have really? 510,000 that's, that's because That's because they have, everybody's on active duty, right? <laughs> where else? Um, yeah, uh, but there, we, we have 799,500, they, they, they say. So they're, they're behind us. I never would have thought that the biggest, you know. No, I wouldn't have either. Um, uh, Finland is right, right up there with us. Uh, they're they're more than us. They're number nine. Finland, followed by UK. So the little United Kingdom has a bigger nine hundred twenty four thousand reservists from the age of eighteen to forty three. It's a pretty much a professional army. Okay, then comes India at number seven. Then comes Ukraine. But you, I don't know if you believe this one, Paul. I don't. It says that Ukraine is 1.2 million. Sure they are. Yeah. Uh, in their dreams, they're 1.2. They, they, on a given day, they, you know, they said there's nobody standing in the queue. Yeah, that's very true. Nobody's standing because they're all getting shagged out on, uh, on the street. Yeah. Uh, number five is the Philippines, 1.2 million. Number four, the Russians. Now, I would have thought the Russians would have been in the top five, 2 million. Uh, followed by the last three, which I never would have guessed, either any one of these three. Uh, you want to go ahead and tell them who they are, Paul? No, go ahead. You Ty- got it. Taiwan is third, 2.3 uh, million. Uh, South Korea, 3.1 million. That's a lot of people. Followed by number one, who, which I would never would have guessed, Vietnam, 5 million people. Uh, 2.3% of their GDP goes to military. And they have compulsory military service, as does uh, 
there's a couple other places to have a drafty army. Um, so it's it just, I just was bowled over by these numbers. Uh, in fact, Finland, you're, you're going to like this one, Paul. You're in the reserve until you turn 60. Every male in the country is part of the reserve until they turn 60. Well, you know, the other thing about Finland, they don't have, uh, you can have a beard and long hair if you're in reserves. Can you, really? When I used to teach there for the NATO school, I used to see folks walking around the base looking like hippies. <laughs> Uh, I can tell, tell you a few stories, Paul. Tell you a few stories. And then I'd, uh, I remember asking the base commander, uh, and he said, oh, they're reservists. They, they don't have the same ah, they don't have to really? do the same things we have to do. Really? So, oh. But I guess it's one way to keep them in the system. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Well, you know, well, that, that's 870,000 people. That's a big... It's a big reserve force for a – it's really a comparatively small country, isn't it? It is. Well, yeah, yeah but they, they live with a bear in the backyard, though. They sure do. I wouldn't want to be them. But um, they they can handle themselves pretty well, can't they? Well, they held up for like, what, 72 hours against the Russian onslaught? Yeah. Uh, well, they, they, they did a lot of damage, too. I mean, they, pay, they paid dearly for that uh, – that that Finland uh, intervention, so yeah, the, uh... <laughs> but that was a, that was an interesting article. Thank you for sending it to me. All right. Well, I thought that was uh, something. Yeah. So, your buddy, the former chairman, you see, he landed a job. He did a couple of jobs. Oh, where would he go? You talking about he Millie is... now, right? He. I'm sorry. You're talking about thoroughly modern Millie, right? That's right. Okay. Um, he has received two teaching gigs. Get one out! One at uh, Princeton University, oh. his alma mater. I hope it's dog one training. At Georgetown. Georgetown, give me a break! Really? So well, it, it must be because he's so incredible. Princeton, he's going to serve as guest lecturer. Lecturer. Oh God! Um, meet with students, engage with alumni and faculty, and oh. provide input on the school's security studies oh, PhD program. God. Really, and they're pretty excited to have him there. And Just bring donuts with you. That's all I can say. <laughs> if you want to get in good with the general, yeah, bring the cannolis. Millie's, you'll like this. <laughs> you'll like this. <laughs> Millie's tenure as Joint Chiefs Chairman was marked by a number of high-profile clashes with former President Donald Trump and his involvement in the disaster and his involvement. Uh, in the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan in 2021 yeah. and several contentious mm. Capitol Hill hearings yeah. regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to find out about white rage. Right. He wants to I've understand read it. Yeah. a quote here from the former chief. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read Karl Marx. <laughs> I've Mao Zedong was a friend of mine. Sir, you know Mao Zedong. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong with understanding and having some situational awareness, understanding yeah, about the is. country for which we are here to defend? Yeah, maybe he throw up then. Hearing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that, um, that made me gag at the time, and I still, I still choke on it every time I hear it. Yeah, and yeah. he found it, Steve, I just want you to know, uh-huh. he found it personally offensive that we were accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers of being woke. 
or something oh, else okay. because we're studying some theories that are out there. Well, I was offended when he, I found out that he was uh, telling his Chinese counterpart that, uh, don't worry, uh, we're not going to launch on you. If we get the order, we're not going to launch. So take it easy. We'll be, we'll, you'll be fine. Well, that so, was nice of them to reassure the, uh, the Chinese. I just thought, uh, I know you're very interested in the sky, and you're hoping that you cross paths someday, so I wanted to keep you yeah, informed. Yeah, I appreciate that, Paul. You're in Washington I'm going to go looking for Jersey. a job from him maybe someday. I don't know. Yeah. In Princeton. I'm sure you, I'm sure you could use a good intel officer. Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart just rolled over in his grave. Huh. Another Princeton grad. Wow. Uh, anyway. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he went to Princeton. And Laura Ingram. I know no, she, Laura. She, I thought she went to Dartmouth. Oh, no, no you're right. I, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, she went to, staying corrected. But she's, she'd go to Harvard for law school, right? Uh, you know, I, I used to really hold them in, in high esteem, all those Ivy League schools. And that's just awful. I mean, it just I can't believe that they would hire a guy like that. And But they do. They, they, he's a marquee player. And I'm sure a lot of people will say, oh, I got the general. Ooh, you know. So a couple years from now, no one will remember Mark Milley. Well, once again, these guys, some of them maintain their relevance, yeah. and some, and most of them don't. Right. Uh, you know who else is? They uh, have a short shelf life. You know who so. else is uh, out there barking again? Is uh, Wes Clark? Yep. Yeah, I just saw something with Wes Clark. Uh, he's he's warning people about Trump and uh, Stev Riddis. I mean, they're all warning everybody out there that make that make the rounds on the MSNBC circuit. They're all warning America about Trump. All of them. Well, when everybody, you know, when you have such a consistent, so just like the uh, how many folks that signed the letter um, saying that, uh, what was that, that uh, Hunter Biden's, or no, or, or was this about the Russian? Oh, the Russian, no. Russian disinformation? F- 50 intelligence officers. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. 50 senior intelligence officers. Oh. Well, then it must be not true if they're saying so. Yeah, they never but, uh, they never held them accountable for that, did they? No, they really didn't. They really didn't. So, um, you know, something else I send you, and I know it's not a big deal for you, Steve, because uh, I know what you're going to talk about. You guys in the yeah. Navy never have to worry about this. Stuff, sure, we but, do. We do damage control, um, but to your own head. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I want to ask you, know, you about this because this sound this sounded a little hokey to me when I read it. Go ahead. About the Army fielding a new helmet yeah. that is, uh, they say, can protect against small arms fire. Well, and I think... Th- you mean the other, the other one didn't? It you, didn't. You know what it is? What, wait a minute, it didn't. What do you mean it didn't? Of course if it If you did. got shot with a AK-47 round, a 7.62 round, it'll penetrate the helmet. No, no, no. Oh, so oh, so it's the, the helmet's no good for anything, is what you're saying. No, it's good for shrapnel. It's good for concussive uh, events. So you made a helmet that that, that is uh, uh, effective with small arms fire, but it's not effective for a rifle round. No, it is oh. the new one. The, the, the new oh, one. The new is. one is. I, yes. I got the impression that they said that it wasn't. No, no. You had a. If you read deep into it, yeah, it's supposed to be able to stop. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it does. Uh, what is it called? It the uh, material deforms on impact, and the helmet dissipates the energy. Right. Um, right. Well, you know, so, the, here's my only criticism of the helmet, besides the fact it looks like a, a toy helmet. Um, what about all the plastic stuff attached to the helmet, like the, the little slide thing for your, your, your chin strap? and It's all plastic. Well, what would you prefer? Metal, like they had in, in uh, Korea, World War II, Vietnam. Uh, 
I think the, these plastics are pretty tough these days. You think so? It's a synthetic material. Sure. It's lightweight. Sure. Lighter weight. All right. All right. I hear some music. We better take a break. Bob's going to just shut us down. We'll All be right. back with more Valor Radio in just a couple of minutes. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage, MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers, not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of United Frontier Mutual Insurance, 190 Davison Road, Lockport, New York. Your stuff deserves a better home. That's why you need to store with confidence at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage in Farmington. Units are safe and secure in a variety of sizes. At Hidden Treasures, there are no locks, no keys, no combinations. Bluetooth locks are controlled by your cell phone. Get 50% off your first month. Convenient to everywhere on Loomis Road in Farmington. Close to the thruway. Get peace of mind when you stow your stuff at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're one, listening to Valor two, Radio. One, two, three. Valor Radio on the WISL stations is brought to you by A.M. Ginsburg & Associates, the law firm of Christopher Johnson, Taylor Heating & Air, call 500-HELP, Veterans Outreach Center and the Flag Store on South Avenue, MGM Insurance, and the National Warplay Museum. And also Hidden Treasures Storage in Farmington. Can't let them be unmentioned. Here on the program, let's go back to Paul in Florida. Thanks. Yeah, so Steve, you know, the world's passed you by. Uh, a lot of synthetic materials are just absolutely spectacular. So, and with without the weight, um, yeah, five percent, Paul. Five percent. It says five percent lighter. Right, but it gives you more protection. Uh, does so it? That's. Uh, I the, mean, the, what the, do you want to go back to the old steel no, pots? No, 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 no. The Kevlar. Nothing? They got Kevlar right now. It seems like. And it looks like the the German helmet. I mean, it's covered. Kev- Kevlar's heavy, isn't it? Well, it's heavier than this material, but Kevlar wouldn't stop uh, a bullet. I thought that was the whole charm of Kevlar. Well, it is if you get it in enough thickness and uh-huh. um, in the right, uh, you know, the right consistency and everything else. But the bottom line is, these new helmets are out there, yeah. and you know, when you wear a helmet for a year, 
every place you go, a little less weight is always a nice thing. Yeah, I'm sure. And yeah, so sure I, I just thought it was sort of a neat article to see this. Uh, I've, I'm on, uh, from when I joined, I think we're on the sixth new helmet. So, so does that mean that fine. you're going you're gonna to replace the Stetson with the, uh, the helmet? Uh, I know you don't like the Stetson. No, I do like that. I actually do like the Stetson. I, I like the tassels, and I like the little cross you know, rifles. Looks like F Troop. I like oh the Stetson. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, looks like, it just looks like, uh, you know, Larry Storch. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's so, pretty cool. I just don't like that. That picture you sent me was uh, horrendous. I just, you're, you're mixing your metaphors, you guys in the Army. You've got to either take the belt off and put that on a, a, on a dressier uniform with a sword, or you've got to use web gear or something. See, I, my dad was in the Army. I know a little bit about what you used to wear and what you wear now. So there's just something weird going on in the army. Oh my God, Steve! Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do the subdued patches, Paul. Putting on those ones with the color, eh? Not a good idea. They probably just do that for the ceremonies. That was oh, just a ceremonial all right, thing. All right. See, I don't know. So, you, you, you tell me. You're, you're, you're. you're uh, yeah. You know, that, you're what tactical. you saw in that picture was all ceremonial, and all right. that's fine. It's a big deal. You have a Stetson? Yes. Uh, all right. I'd like the Stetson. I, I like the Stetson. Do you like wearing the Stetson, Paul? Uh, in the right company uh, setting. <laughs> Here we're going to cross examination now. <laughs> and how, how many times have you worn the Stetson, uh, Colonel? Anyway, I want to talk about law and justice for just a moment. Oh, here we go. All we right. had a little incident here last week, Ooh. not far from where I live. Really? In the same county, over in Fort Myers, uh, a 36-year-old who didn't understand about law and order in Florida, attempted to rob a bank. <laughs> and I, this made the national news, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that happens in Florida and decided to take hostages when things didn't work out Ooh. the way he wanted. So uh, 36-year-old Sterling Ramon Alavachi. Uh, who had a, a convicted felon with an extensive criminal history that had all kinds of convictions for aggravated assault, drug trafficking, illegal weapon possession and from multiple states, uh, tried to rob this bank. And so the appropriate uh, police authorities and sheriff authorities responded to the location and a sniper got in position. And at one point... Uh, this misguided individual uh, put one of the women hostages in a headlock and put the knife next to her head. And you never guess what. <laughs> they took the shot anyway. They took the shot and it was over with. Oh, um, how, from what distance? You know how far he yeah, went? Yeah, they didn't say. Oh. They didn't say. Wow. But uh, that's, a, that's a pretty ballsy thing to do. It is. Yeah. It Unfor is. <laughs> Unfortunately, that woman will never be the same. Right. Well, you know, we oh, had a similar situation either, so. in Rochester in July of 1981. Um, and there was a bank on Thurston Road, and they yeah, took hostages. Yeah, I heard about that. I remember and that. And the SWAT team got involved. Um, it was a pretty interesting event. And unfortunately, uh, not only did the suspect get killed, but other folks did too. Mm. But uh, I got to give uh, the Lee County Sheriff's Office and their SWAT team and their response to this 
they put an end to it quickly. They tried to negotiate, uh -huh. and when he got a little out of control and took this woman uh, in a headlock oh. and presented a knife, that was all she wrote. Wow, that but so, that, had, that was courageous. Whoever, I mean, whoever made the call, take the shot. I mean, that, I like to find out who that person is and give them a. Medal. That's our our sheriff here. Yeah, um, he's uh, he's a go getter. So we'll probably be hearing more about him in the future. Oh, good. Maybe he'll but, be uh, uh, maybe he'll be Homeland Security under Trump. What county is Who that, knows? Paul? I'm sorry. What county is that? Lee County. Lee County. Okay. Lee County. Um, so one more reason to move to Florida. It is. They take their law and order here very seriously. I, I appreciate that. So, so Steve, mm -hmm. what did you think? Uh, B-52s. Yeah. That's a bad sign, man. You, you want to you set that one up? No, go ahead. You got okay, it. Uh, the, uh, the Air Force, people don't realize this, but, uh, you know, everybody talks about how wonderful the Air Force is. They just, you know, they got ra rated as marginal uh, in the ra ranking system. The Marines were, you know, very good, and their, the, the Air Force was marginal. And we kept on wondering, well, why are they better than the Army or the Navy? And uh, now I find out that eh, they're really not doing so great. B-52s, uh, you know, been around a long time. Uh, they're flying out of Barksdale Air Force Base in Louisiana. And um, they are resorting to cannibalization of parts because they're, they're, they're running out of them. And they're, they're foraging for parts. And uh, the rate of cannibalization has gone up to 200%, up 200% since 2019. And they've resorted to pulling parts from the boneyard at Davis Monthan Air Force Base. That's not a good sign. And just so people know, Davis Monthan is the aircraft graveyard for right. the Department of Defense. And Which I thought they, they I thought the they planes that I, th I thought they dropped a guillotine on all those B52s to get rid of them. I guess they got a few left over for parts. Yeah, parts cars. But isn't yeah. a lot of this due to obsolescence though? I mean, these these aircraft date back to the 50s. And they do, and, and probably just a lot of this material is it, they're wearing out. They're, they're, they're not. It's, there's, they're not making. There's them. no more. Anymore. No, no mas. No. And you know they're talking about potentially still having some B-52s in the inventory till 2050. That's a hundred years. <laughs> I know. Well, if they're going to have it around for that long, they better get the parts situation resolved. Hey, right. you know if the if the Iranians can get F-14 parts. From America, after the revolution with the, the Shah, then we can get B fifty two parts. You know, we'll, we'll have to. You know, maybe we can get them from uh, Japan or something. We get them from Ukraine. Maybe would they give them back to us? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> why don't we? Why don't we give them a couple B fifty twos, and all of a sudden the parts will just start appearing. That's right. Yeah. Can so, we have our B fifty two back? It's pretty amazing, though. It's amazing. That, uh, it is an they, amazing. They keep upgrading. These aircraft, although oh, the A10. they are getting their way. Did you see the A-10 with, article I sent you? Yeah, they're with my favorite. They're finally taking the A-10s out again for, for yeah. the last time, they say. What a, what a mistake that is. You, you, were, you called it, Paul, and I'm, I'm with you 100%. That is a mistake. They're yeah, going to pay for that. It's a simple platform compared to everything else they have. It, it, it's a keeper. It's an yeah. important support for ground forces yeah. to have that capability. Sure There's no is. substitute for it. No. 
attack helicopters, um, serve a purpose. Right. Uh, High-speed aircraft, you know, serve a purpose. Right. But... And no argument. Again, maybe I'm just being the old guy now. No, no, no. You're right. I'm. A, you know, when they got rid of the A6, they they made a mistake because they had nothing to. They had the A12 in in, uh, in uh, development, but Dick Cheney put the kibosh on that one. So we don't yeah. have anything. Uh, you know, we don't have anything that that's even close to it even now. That's for sure. Anyway, all right. I'm my hearing opinion. some music, gentlemen. Thank you very much, folks. Thank you for listening in. Let's keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, guardians, and all those serving by their sides in your thoughts and in your prayers during these tough times. And register and get ready to vote. We'll see you next week on Valor Radio. I'm all business in my suit. Yeah, I'm dressed up for success. From my head down to my boots. I don't do it for the money. There's bills that I can't pay. I don't do it for the glory, I just do it anyway. Providing for our futures, my responsibility. Yeah, I'm real good on the pressure, being all that I can be.